I'm about to get on their ass this time. I'm about to get on their wrong. The police can kill a man on camera and get qualified immunity. And I'm tired of beefing with my own kind. I'm trying to find some unity. Tired of the foolery. The system abusing me. I got to ride with the tool of me. This shit ain't cool to me. But I'll be damned if I let you niggas make a fool of me. So I keep two on me. Uh, I done came a long way from the block with breakdowns. Finally opened my eyes when I had my daughter. Got tired of them shakedowns. The way I survived the game is still pain in my heart. I got a lot to say now. And I'ma show my whole ass on these motherfuckers. I ain't about to play around. Whatever happened to freedom of speech? Cause they telling niggas what to say now. When guilty ass don't wanna hear the truth, try to act defended, shit pitiful. If I was you, I'd be miserable. This war we fighting is spiritual. In other words, I'm doing God's work when I turn thoughts into artwork. My words fly like darts work, specifically designed to hit the target. They don't even wanna teach history the way it's meant to be because the shit is heartless. I might not change the world, but it's a chance I can spark the brain that's gonna get it started. Many die for me to walk like this, for me to talk like this, but the peace to Marcus. Got my eyes behind the scope, and I ain't taking number headshots. I got great aim, but my four five still came with a red dot. I got in this game, and I put this bitch in the headlock. The age in which an individual obtains this fundamental right that's contemplated in this bill. Um, there's no, um, no specific age indicated in the bill no just so i'm understanding the bill correctly and the implications of this uh, obviously there's been a lot of discussion about the abortion aspect of it but um would this bill then create a fundamental right for say a 13 year old to get sterilization services um i Um, Senator, the bill doesn't have a specific age limit and there are excellent reasons why uh, people who are um, younger than the age of majority will seek reproductive health care um, and need confidentiality about that. Many of the people who do seek reproductive health care who are not the age of majority are accompanied by parents or guardians, people that who they trust, who are counseling them, but some are not. And um, I, again, I, there are standards of practice well established within the medical field, whereby decisions about sterilization in particular have there's a process that people would go through in order to receive that type of care and for certain reasons. In conclusion, the, the bill entrusts Minnesotans to make these decisions with their healthcare providers under the laws that we have in the state and the standards of practice that are currently in place. This bill does not change those standards of practice. This bill does not change other laws that may be in place around these issues. Um, again, this is really establishing that right to make those fundamental decisions without government interference in that decision. So I, I'll take it that the, so I, 
I'll take it that the answer to my question is yes. In this story, there might be a Russian doomsday weapon headed for the shores of the United States. New reports that a Russian ship capable of carrying a Match 9 hypersonic nuclear cruise missile is now cruising through international waters in the Atlantic. It's supposedly conducting tests of its hypersonic missile systems, but apparently it's now headed toward the East Coast. Correspondent Sarah Williamson has details from our New York newsroom. Sarah. Good morning to you both. That's right. The U.S. and its NATO allies are keeping a close eye on the Russian frigate as she deviates course and reportedly sails towards the U.S. coast. The warship, called the Admiral Gorshkov, is armed with Zircon missiles, which Russian President Vladimir Putin claims has no equivalent in the world. Now, escorted through British waters by the Royal Navy and French and Spanish ships, and then through the Atlantic, the frigate was scheduled to head uh, down, the, down the coast of Africa, but as you can see, she's taken a right turn there. But monitoring sites claim that it took a sudden diversion and then headed towards Bermuda now. So the Russian Defence Ministry today announced that the testing of its strike capabilities uh, did happen in the Western Atlantic Ocean. Today, we conducted a shipborne exercise to simulate a striking against a surface-level enemy target. Hypersonic Zircon weapons were used at a distance of over 900 kilometers. The effectiveness was one, meaning that in our configuration, the electronic simulated launch of the missiles and the work of the ship's combat unit featured in this system were configured. Now, these tests are a concern because Zircon missiles have a range of 560 miles and can travel at nine times the speed of sound. The Admiral Gorshkov is meant to be participating in joint exercises with the navies of China and South Africa at the point city of Tartus in Syria. But since the deviation of the Russian frigate, it is unknown whether these joint exercises will actually go ahead down near Syria now. Emma and Sean. All right, something we'll keep monitoring. Sarah Williamson, thanks so much. Good morning, Barbados. This is a central bank alert. This is a central bank alert. The reason I am saying that this is a central bank alert, we have received information that the Prime Minister of Barbados is meeting with all magistrates and high court judges this morning with regard to disabling the central bank in favor of launching a digital currency in Barbados under a new governor of the central bank who will be an African national. We understand that this, nas this national of Africa, we do not know which country he is from as yet, but will be arriving in Barbados with a complete team in order to be able to introduce central bank digital currency, digital IDs, and a social credit system for Barbados. This is what we have been warning the public of Barbados to take a stand against for the last five to six months. At the end of the day, this is it. This is the step that enslaves us once more if we allow it. We, the people of Barbados, the sovereign nationals of this country, need to stand up and step forward under one supreme authority, and that is our Heavenly Father God, and take this system down. This system cannot survive in our country. This system must not be allowed to be installed in our country. And I would say to the Prime Minister of Barbados this morning, you are on course to run headlong into the people of this country because we will not take this as our governor. 
our central bank governor was sidelined in favor of someone that is a World Economic Forum stooge just like you are in order to be able to bring this dystopian system of governance and slavery to this country. We will not stand for it. We, the people of Barbados and the Eastern Caribbean, will not stand for it. And I appeal to all of our sovereign national citizens across the entire region from Belize in the north to Suriname in the south. If you see similar circumstances happening within your government, you must stand up and take issue with it. The people of Barbados need to stand up this morning and for the rest of this year and stand against this evil. This is the slavery that has come to us once more. 300 years ago, when the British colonial imperial powers put the system of commerce and trade and power in place and the slave codes were written in our parliament in 1666, our ancestors were enslaved to populate this region. And we today are now come full circle to a digital enslavement by one of our very own. One of our very own, a Caribbean national, the Prime Minister of Barbados, has led us direct, full circle, back to slavery. And we will not stand for it. I say to all citizens of Barbados this morning, stand up, understand who your righteous God is, and take issue with this situation. We will not allow an African national to come into our country and dictate to us the slavery that put us in enslaved chains for over 275 years. We must not allow this to happen. What are some of the leading causes that you have found in your research? So, like the casein protein and dairy. Well, the chief cause, and I'm cut of the by this time, the chief cause is our decision, our mental decision to eat animals. I never thought I would say that because I was on the other side of the fence. But yeah, I was at something else, that concept that animals are here for us to eat, okay? And that was in ancient times almost. Um, eventually when protein was discovered in 1839, they said, aha, was this discovered meat? Oh, that's why we should eat animals. So uh, animal protein became, animal-based protein became the, the thing to get. That's what makes it good good diet, good health. And uh, the, the protein is just, it really is at the center of the debate. And what I learned in my own research and then going back in history, we chose to eat the animals. That in turn, we discovered that it had protein in it. That was, it was even the word protein. The protein comes from the Greek word, means proteos. Peace, family. I need you guys to look up a bill called S-490. I repeat, a bill called S-490. This allows the FDA, Food Drug Administration, to come in and regulate natural herbs and essential oils. We have to understand what this means. A patient saved is Big Pharma losing money. So now they're able to come in and say, look, this natural remedy, all herbs and roots, is unsafe for human consumption, and you're not allowed to sell it. And if you do, we can take you to jail. If you do, we can sue you. But they will allow pharmaceutical medications to come in until they get black labeled. If they can't remove poisonous chemicals out of your food, what are they trying to do with our natural herb? Because everybody's waking up. Now the holistic practitioners are becoming competition for the big pharma companies. 
that have killed so many people. Again, the bill is S4090. Look it up. If you are into natural herbs, look it up. If you just love knowledge, look it up. If you like to spread knowledge, look it up. The FDA stills allow poisonous foods to be sold constantly, but now they want to regulate natural herbs? The first question is why? S4090 family, I love you guys. If they can't regulate the poisonous foods that are giving us leukemia and cancer and all these types of autoimmune diseases, why are they trying to deal with God's natural creation? First, they can't patent it. They can't patent what's God. They can't patent what's natural. You understand this, right? So now they're, they're, they're saying, let me do further research so I can remove these natural products off the market. So you guys don't have another alternative and you have to come to us. The bill is S4090 for natural herbs. They regulate even essential oils. Man, I love you guys. We have to wake up and we have to stand together. Again, the bill is S4090. I love you. All praise to the most high. And make sure to share this with everybody you know. All praise to the most high. Peace. Jews would have us believe that there's something sacred about the Western Wall, that it's a remnant of the Second Temple, where paper prayers of the Goyim are snatched by the Divine Presence, who supposedly dwells within its crevices and stones. Dead wrong. The Wailing Wall is actually the remains of a Roman fortress named Fort Antonia, built north of the actual temple site, where no protruding rock ever existed but rather was built upon the Gihon Spring. The rock upon which the Dome of the Rock was built adjoining the Western Wall was actually the centerpiece around which Fort Antonia was built. There's nothing sacred about this rock or this wall. The Wailing Wall is the seat of a satanic ritual outlined by the 13th century Jewish occult system known as the Kabbalah as expounded in the Zohar and expanded upon by the 18th century Hasidic movement. You see, this so-called divine presence at the Wailing Wall is actually the Kabbalistic feminine emanation of their false god, the Shekinah. Watch closely how the rabbis thrust their pelvises and penises back and forth in a prescribed prayer movement called davening, what the in which hell? the Jew copulates with the Shekinah in order to give birth to an erotic union with the Ein Sof, the Kabbalistic masculine emanation of their false god. Now watch this young Jewish boy who, instinctively knowing that davening is a lewd and embarrassing act, just can't bring himself to perform the thrusting of his pelvis. My friends, for Rand Paul and for so many other saps like McCain, Bush, Obama, Clinton, and Romney, to perform the rite of political passage at the Wailing Wall is nothing less than to shake hands with the devil. And if God doesn't dwell in temples made by human hands, as the Bible tells us, much less would he dwell in a Roman fortress. Not only are our politicians selling their souls to the Jews at a Roman fortress named Fort Antonia, misnamed the Western Wall, they're participating in a lewd occult ritual where the so-called divine presence is actually Satan himself. God will not be mocked. Let God be true and the Jews liars. No child is born in the wrong body. I am not oppressed. 
I am not silenced. I am a gay man. My name is Frank Rodriguez. Today I represent two families of mine within Redlands, as well as my own. I am here today because of two reasons. One is to protect children against the idea that they can, in fact, change their gender. This is because gender is rooted in your biology. However, gender expression is not. How you choose to express yourself is your own choice. Society should just simply be nice to everyone. However, lying... Lying and stating that a man in a dress is a woman is delusional by definition. Not only delusional, but this ide ideology is dangerous to children. Despite what you may want to believe, children are in fact taking chemicals to alter their bodies. That's not delusional, it's reality. Despite what you may want to believe, children are in fact getting gender-affirming surgeries. That is not delusional, that is reality. These children are starting a journey of, ju a journey of judgment that you placed on them. By pushing kids to question their gender, question their sexuality, and question whether or not their parents are on their side. Therefore, the word predator is being used in the context of grooming, not because he or she is gay, but because the idea that gender is fluid, because in reality, it is not. It is a danger to children for the reasons that I stated above. Gays Against Groomers has educated the public on numerous occasions on what we stand for, and I will echo that here today. Gays Against Groomers is a coalition of gay people who do not stand for the sexualization, medicalization, or indoctrination of children. What adults do with their body is up to them, but leave the kids alone. The second reason I am here is that this board, especially Jenna, is lacking something that not long ago I was taught by my mentors. That's leadership. Leadership is not what we do, the job we have, or even the position we are elected to. Leadership is who we are, how we behave, engage and learn, but most importantly, influence. Councilwoman Jenna Lowry, I respect the position that you hold. I do not respect you. For what you have done to your constituents here in Redlands, silencing people that disagree with you. Our constituents are our job description. When you silence them, you are no longer a leader, you are a dictator. I demand that tonight after this meeting, Jenna, you resign from this position. Is the great flood about to happen? I don't know if you've been following the news, but this is happening. So apparently, this bitch's core stopped moving and it starts spinning backwards, which kind of means the Earth might actually start reversing it as well. And it's funny because everyone is talking about that the poles are going to shift anytime. And that's not the first time it happened. At 3.2 billion years ago, this happened. And it was supposed to happen already. So, yeah. And honestly, what the scientists are saying, it doesn't really sound good. But how does it have any connection with the Great Flood? So this dude's called Chan Thomas. And apparently, he wrote a book called Adam and Eve. And for some weird reason, this book has been classified by the CIA. With all the disclosure going on from the government itself, the book is out. And you can even download it and read it. I don't know if it's the whole, all the pages, but it's there. But the crazy thing about this book is the fact that he explains that a great flood happened because the poles shift. They just completely shift all of a sudden because of this sudden flip. So the continent is the one who's going to move and flip, but the continents are going to stay still. So imagine the weight of all the water coming towards every single part of land that's out there all of a sudden. I'm telling you, 2023 is going to be a wild year. This is a plan that was agreed to by 179 nations. It's called the Agenda for the 21st Century. 
It's a totalitarian state being developed right now all over the world. It is the inventory and control plan. Inventory and control of all land, all water, all minerals, all plants, all animals, all construction, all means of production, all food, all energy, all information, and all human beings in the world. And this is a plan that was agreed to by 179 nations back in 1992. It's a United Nations plan. It's called the Agenda for the 21st Century. And so many of us around the world think that, um, well, sustainable development, it just sounds so great. Isn't it about recycling and creative reuse and, uh, and creating energy and food resources for everyone? And the answer is no, it really is not. It's about moving populations into city centers, concentrated city centers, and clearing them out of the rural areas. All systems have to be brought into harmony in order to control them all. Because when systems don't meet, when they're, when they're out of balance or not in sync with one another, they can't be controlled centrally. And the goal of Agenda 21 is one world government and total control from a central unit. Every nation that signed on to Agenda 21 has its, uh, its local Agenda 21 plan. And people in the United States are completely unaware of this. If I go out and talk about this, the United States press will attacks me and calls me which is it's totally ridiculous. It is a but it's not a theory. It's a fact. The three pillars of United Nations Agenda 21 are economy, ecology, and equity, the three E's. And everyone's sort of thinks that they know what that means, the idea of social equity. It must mean that, well, everyone's going to have access to clean water and clean air, and uh, no one's uh, property is going to be used as a dumping ground because they are at a poverty level. But really what social equity is about is about impoverishing huge portions of the population and bringing down uh, develop the developed nations everything that we're looking at now is destined to collapse our economies. It's a totalitarian state to being developed right now all over the world. And what major corporations want in this development is to be able to, uh, to have move, full movement of, of, uh, of workers without borders or boundaries, to be able to move their goods through without regulations and to reduce wages. And so this is the goal. So this is what you find with social equity. And of course, economy and uh, ecology is about, these are the three circles, economy, ecology, and social equity. And where they meet in the center is balance. But really that balance is a communitarian balance. So it's not balance of well-being of the people. What it is is it's a balance for corporations so that they can exploit and control and have populations in an area, in tightly packed, dense areas, so that they can be surveilled and managed. And this is what that balance looks like as far as the development of totalitarian state is. The mainstream media is owned by five major corporations, and you're not going to get this information from the mainstream press.
So you need to be your own press. You need to educate yourself. You need to get out there and educate your neighbors, your community, your real community. You need to help your children understand that they're being indoctrinated from pre-kindergarten to postgraduate school. All of us have a responsibility to ourselves and to others. This is true community, to work for personal freedom. And always remember that even though we work as a group, if we do work as a group, we're all individuals in those groups. And we answer only to ourselves. And this is essential. It's essential as, as, as free human beings, this is what we are. We are free and we need to continue to be free. And I do believe that we will win, but we have to become aware that there is a fight and then make our friends and our neighbors and our community aware as well. And you want some figures? Okay, latest water test, tested the rain. 13,100 micrograms per liter of aluminum in the rain in 2013. Normally it should be zero. So 13,100 is pretty damn much, folks. It used to be zero. Then it was 100s in the 2000s, and then in uh, since 2010, it's into the 1000s and the latest 13,100. In the snow on Mount Shasta, pristine Mount Shasta, 61,000 feet, no, excuse me, 8,000 foot level, 61,000 micrograms per liter, four times the amount that is found in the soil up there. Where in the hell is this stuff coming from if it's not coming from the soil? You know, these tests are international in scope. We're seeing this all over the world, guys. Okay, pH of acid soils is 20 times more alkaline. The aluminum in the soil has doubled in the last 10 years. Aluminum blocks essential nutrients. I am unable in my garden to restore normal pH, and that's because nanoparticles are now in the circulatory systems of both plants and humans. So welcome, fellow guinea pigs. Uh, the collapse and decrease of agriculture is something I worry about even more than the previous info about autism and Alzheimer's. So masculinity is a problem because it is a condition where you will fight back, which is the number one thing that they never wanted. Where there are masculine men, there are safer environments. And what do I mean? This whole toxic masculinity farce that people try to toss out here. The term toxic masculinity came from two Caucasian men. There we go again. Shepard Bliss and Robert J. Stoller. Number two. If that term came out and then it became overshadowing of what masculinity is, it blurs the lines of what masculinity is and what it is not. So now what people perceive as masculinity is putting their hands on a woman. That's masculine. No, that's not what masculinity is. Masculinity would prevent a man from putting his hands on his woman. Masculinity protects the community. Masculinity raises and respects children. Masculinity secures women. Masculinity makes it to where you're not going to step over here and not get checked if you don't operate properly. That's what masculinity is. Toxicity is the opposite of masculinity. You can't even put those together because the other thing is you knew it was an agenda because you never hear people talk about toxic femininity. But it's always toxic masculine. Why? Because the agenda is to make the man weak. Because if you have weak men, you have women who are not going to be able to be protected. So if they don't have their security, you'll be able to take control of them. It is the same tactic in a new package in this generation where they are looking at make sure we are able to destroy them slowly but surely and make sure they don't have any men to protect them. Even though women can protect themselves, they shouldn't have to. The contrails, not the chemical, the contrails occur because of cold air minus 30 
It takes a high altitude, around 30,000 feet plus. There's a carbon dioxide and water vapor in that exhaust. That turns to ice crystals, and that's what you see, the white stream behind it. Those white crystals of ice warm up, dissolve, and the smoke goes away. And it never lasts more than a minute. What we're seeing now, and I first could not believe it, and I started looking at the skies, and these are not normal. They're not natural. There's something going on. I don't know who it is or why they're doing it. All I can testify is it's not natural and it's not normal. It's got to be some outside influence doing that. Thank you. I'm here to give you testimony that chemtrails, they're not contrails, are indeed real. They're spraying almost every day. I watch the clouds and watch the spraying program going on. I want to tell you that we're in very great danger from the pollution that's coming down over us. And we've been led astray by the military-industrial complex, and they're responsible for the cloud creation and weather manipulation programs. They're dark operations. That's why they're not out in the media. I look around and I see people are starting to look up and see this. Many times I've spoken about chemtrails, and I get this blank look on my face. What are you talking about? I'm saying, look up as a pilot, but before I fly, I look up. And so, boy, they're really out there working. When you look up at the sun, you see a white haze. That is aluminum floating in the air right now. And it's or take Iraq. You may remember that the United States, in conjunction with Britain, invaded illegally Iraq in the name of democracy. What's happened to that democracy? Has it worked? It certainly hasn't. Or take Egypt, the litmus paper test of the Arab Spring, where democracy briefly sprung into life and has been killed off by the reassertion of military power. Or take China. China in 1990 was still an extremely small economy. And since then, we've seen what I would argue is the most remarkable economic transformation in human history. And it's been presided over not by a Western-style democracy, but a different system altogether. The fact is, that democracy is not universally appropriate and applicable in all countries, regardless of history and culture and circumstances. You need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been. Some of the vaccines that will come on down the line will be multiple, will be multiple shots. So you've got to have, for reasons to do with the healthcare more generally, but certainly for a, a pandemic or for vaccines, you've got to have a proper digital infrastructure, and many countries don't have that, and in fact, most countries don't have that. The guidance for WHO so, so far is that persons who have been the full primary plus two boosters, at this point, it hasn't been approved by WHO to go beyond. Um, so, so far in Trinidad and Tobago as well, we are holding. Our national tag has looked at it, um, but again, there's, there's no signal from WHO yet to go to a fifth and a sixth and a seventh. In terms of the the data coming back in terms of waning immunity and on all of that and of course hybrid immunity with vaccination plus infection so all of that data has to of course reach who and they make a final decision but the data group hasn't gone beyond a second booster as yet but what people thought was that that simple digital vaccination card are you vaccinated yes or no was a good jump off point and it didn't seem that we got that so what do you say to people who will be extremely skeptical that if we can't do what is seemingly easy to do all of this thing i can tell you this the technology was always ready and it has been ready and it is still is it still is ready so the technology was not the problem 
one of the things that we have to ensure that whenever we do anything that it is fit for purpose and that it, it can stand scrutiny what we found is that there was an unacceptable and i said this in the, in the, in the senate there was an apart from the fact that there were problems with the underlying security issues which were addressed these were global issues we had issues with the quality of the information that was contained in the database it meant there was an automated system enter eh, you would apply for it online and you would get it online but we found an unacceptable level of fallout because the information in the database was inconsistent so we took the time to fix it now, why is that important to you? If you're getting a fallout rate beyond what is an internationally accepted norm, you have no choice but to fix it. It meant that if we didn't do that and you applied for your card, it meant that you would have to end up in a queued process to get it. And what it would do is frustrate you. What? No, it can't be. Because you were still able to use what you had, which was the physical card you got when you got vaccinated. What it was of particular interest to us, and just to clear it up, is that if we wanted to continue, the reason why we would have launched it and can still launch it is if there were countries who would not accept the things that we have and would only accept an electronic certificate that had a QR code in it. And we were searching that. We had the Ministry of, of, of Foreign Affairs look through that. We, we haven't been able to do that. Obviously, by now, the COVID thing has waned. And so, the reason why we can still launch it is that it would recommend, it would represent a secure way in which your vaccination record for COVID can be held. But think about if you lose your vaccination certificate that you've had for a child, you know, the card, you could recreate it. I don't think anybody can. And so the idea would be now to expand that to now include those kinds of things. That is why it hasn't been launched, but it could have been launched. So I think crypto first first and foremost was a prototype for how you get to a digital control system. Absolutely. Right. And and that's not to say that in a well-governed society, cryptos couldn't be great. They could. But right. we're yeah, not in a well-governed society. We're in a centrally controlled society that wants to exercise complete central control. And in that situation, crypto is the most dangerous thing you can do use cash <laughs> yes cash is can right well a healthy system is part analog and part digital mm -hmm. you have a healthy you have excellent digital and you have excellent analog and the mistake we're making is is we're allowing mr global to take it 100 digital at which point we're in a digital concentration camp we're yeah. toast if yeah. we allow that we're toast it's over and that's the central banking digital currency that's you know, yes, not essentially, the, yes. The digital ID, the merger of those two, that's it. You're in a slavery system. You're going to be in a digital concentration camp. If they want to take your kids, they will. No law. There's no law. It's a slavery system. Right. And whatever they want. They could even do it and morally grandstand that they're doing it for climate change, for example. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Cannibalism, good for climate change, you know. The different parts of this population control grid fit together like pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. The vaccination drive ties into the biometric identity drive, which ties into the cashless society drive. In Gates's vision, everyone will receive the government-mandated vaccinations, and everyone will have their biometric details recorded in nationally administered, globally integrated, digital IDs. These digital identities will be tied to all of our actions and transactions, and 
if and when they are deemed illegal, they will simply be shut off by the government, or even the payment providers themselves. Hey, what's up this phase? Just trying to holler at y'all and see what's going on. Had a lot on my mind reminiscing, trying to figure out these things that are going on my mind. Trying to figure out some puzzles. I'm not here to start nothing. I ain't trying to start nothing. Just got some things that I want to get done. Some things that I want to get solved. Some things I want to enlighten myself with. So maybe y'all take a time and get the opportunity to stop by and listen to my thoughts. Hope so. Very intellectual. So if you get time, just holler at me. I'm reminiscing all in my room. Just trying to figure out a whole lot of things. Until then, y'all have a great day. And thank you for coming in and listening to me. Thanks. Can we just talk? Can we just talk? Talk about before we get lost, let me thoughts. Can't get what we do without They took swift action, and that justice moved swiftly against these five officers who happen to be African American. Well, when it's white officers, we think it's also important to the community that there is swift action and that we move swiftly to justice. I mean, cause let's be honest, let's think about it. This is not the first time that we saw police officers committing crime and engaging in excessive, brutal force against black people in America who are unarmed. But yet we have never seen swift justice like this. Think about Laquan McDonald in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Attorney Ramanujan, where was that? Over a year? 14 months, even though they had that video on day one. Think about the video of Eric Gardner in Staten Island, New York. How long it took uh, Kareem on that one. Think about all these cases. Alton Sterling, Silky and Baton Rouge, Louisiana, on video. Think about Pamela Turner, Houston, Texas, killed on video. Took year for them to bring charges in her case, even though they had the video day one. Think about Ronald Green in Louisiana. I mean, had that video for day one, took over a year to bring charges against them. I mean, so many... Man, my God. Think about 14-year-old Tamir Rice on video. And why justice didn't move swiftly for any of these black people when they were killed by white police officers. So we have to make the point exceedingly clear. We now have the blueprint, America. And we won't accept less going forward in the future. We won't have black officers treated differently than white officers. We want equal justice under the law. Tyree deserved it. 
Tamir Rice deserve it. Ronald Green deserve it. Alton Sterling deserve it. Eric Gardner deserve it. Pamela Turner deserve it. All our children. Byron Williams deserve it. I mean, he was killed for riding a bicycle out black in Las Vegas on video. And yet the investigation is still going on over a year. And so we have a precedent that has been set here in Memphis. And we intend to hold this blueprint for all America from this day forward. I want you to hear, listen to understand instead of responding. Press play. of uh, these young minds they want to know of uh, this information my question is uh ron the racist what are you afraid of yes it's against the will of god that's the view of a london mother who's taken her son out of primary school in protest against lessons about same-sex relationships and izzy montague says she's not the only parent unhappy lessons about relationships will become compulsory in schools from september next year but incorporating same-sex relationships and transgender issues have proved controversial head teachers and campaigners say it's right for schools to promote inclusivity anna o'neill has the story and then crack 
Out came their very own baby. A group of five and six-year-olds at a school in Dartford learning about different kinds of families. It doesn't matter if it's a girl and a girl, a girl and a boy, or a boy and a boy, and then they get married, and then, yeah. The head of this school is a gay man with four adopted children. He says it's important that children understand that same-sex relationships exist. I think it's about five-year-olds understanding that within their class they're going to be 30 children with all sorts of different families. My own daughter goes to school. She has two dads. Uh, I wouldn't be having this discussion about teaching your child to swim. I don't think we should be having this discussion about teaching every child about differences within our society. At the moment, schools can choose to teach about relationships or not. But from next year, relationships education will be compulsory in primary schools and same-sex relationships could be part of that teaching. Some parents are not happy. This mother took her child out of school because she said it pushed an aggressively gay-friendly agenda. For her, it's a matter of faith. It's not anything like race or age. It's... People are not born gay. I don't believe they are. If you show me a gay gene, just like if you show me any genes such as like race or something, something indicated that is bi biological. I do personally believe that there is a biological drive, but because it's not something that you can determine by science to say that somebody is gay, you cannot say, well, somebody is born gay. It's a choice. Her former school told us it teaches tolerance, inclusivity and equality for everybody and encourages all pupils to celebrate their differences. Gay rights campaigners say it's crucial that children learn about different kinds of people in order to be a more tolerant society. We've seen statistics from Stonewall about the amount of children and young people that are attempting to take their own life because they're being bullied for being LGBT. This isn't just about teaching, it's about saving lives potentially and that's why it's crucial. If you've heard that phrase, oh that's so gay. The guidance says schools can decide what is appropriate to teach and when, but LGBT people should be respected in British society and their relationships protected by law. Anna O'Neill, BBC London News. Hey everyone, I'm Robert Weissman, President of Public Citizen. ExxonMobil is imposing a private corporate tax on the American people. Chevron is imposing a private corporate tax on the American people. BP is imposing a private corporate tax on the American people. Shell is imposing a private corporate tax on the American people. It's the worst kind of possible tax. It takes from working people, from everyday Americans, and concentrates wealth in the rich and the CEOs of these companies. It doesn't invest money to get us to renewable energy and transition us to the clean energy future we need. It entrenches the fossil fuel industry, which is driving us to climate chaos. Chevron and Exxon alone have given us 90 billion reasons to impose a windfall profits tax to take back this money that has been extracted from American consumers and return it to them. The industry overall is going to give us 200 billion reasons to impose a windfall profits tax and return it to the American people, this money that's been taken from them by the big oil companies, private corporate tax. There is absolutely nothing radical about this idea. 
Spain has figured out they can do it. Greece has figured out they can do it. Italy has figured out they can do it. The European Union has figured out they can do it. As Senator Whitehouse said, even Boris Johnson's United Kingdom has figured out it can do it. We are lucky to have champions for consumer rights and working people and climate justice and common sense. Senators Whitehouse and Merkley and Markey and Representatives Khanna and Talib. Uh, it is time now for the Congress to act to finally impose a windfall profits tax to take this ill-gotten money from big oil, return it to the American consumers from whom it never should have been taken in the first place. He didn't know. The United States Treasury is now the IMF, which is the International Monetary Fund, Presidential Documents, Volume 24, Number 4, page 113-22, United States Code 285-2887. 5. United States does not have any employees because there is no longer a legitimate United States that's referred to the Republic, which was overthrown in 1861 with the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. There are, shall be no more reorganizations. And after over 200 years of bankruptcy, it is finally over. That's Executive Order 12803. Six, the FCC, the CIA, the FBI, and NASA, and all the other alphabet gangs were never a lawful part of the United States Republic constitutional government. Even though the United States government corporation through its trustees or representatives held stock in all of these agencies. So when you're looking at any of these agencies, you're looking at the U.S. They're different names of contractor entities, all of which are part of the tentacle operations of the Unum Sanctum U.S. United States Corporation Company. So when you speak of one, you're talking about a mass version of the same entity. If you want some law case reference to further do research to clear your mind on any doubts that you may have, look up United States versus Strang 254 U.S. 491 Lewis versus U.S. 680 F. Second edition, one, two, three, nine. Uh, I am still a Thai, by the way. I am Thai Joan. Uh, we will connect you with uh, authorities and advisors to the highest authorities in Thailand. And this is what happened. And uh, so. I had the opportunity, the first opportunity in three years to talk to the top advisors of a government. 
in any country. And um, it was very, very impressive because um, I laid out to them that this whole COVID-19 agenda is a fake and why it's a fake. And I was able to lay out before them the proof that the COVID vaccinations were based on fraud and T2, 18th of October, which we have at our disposal. The EMA declared officially that safety pharmacological studies were never performed, never, and they were never deemed necessary. So now we have it. And when I told the Thais this, you know, guys, they jumped up. They jumped up in the room. And so they said to me, we will see to it that Thailand is the first country in the world that is going to declare this contract null and nullify the contract, which means that Pfizer Biotech is going to have to pay back those billions to Thailand with which Thailand will recompensate those peoples that have lost their existence. They said Thailand, uh, I might get in trouble for this, but um, I'm no longer signing another contract with the military. I'm gonna tell you two reasons and only two. First reason is I can't keep fighting for a country that's still killing unarmed citizens. And with the gang police force that we have and the way that they treat our citizens. Two, I will not continue to work for a country that doesn't value us as soldiers and pays us a poverty salary and that has bad leadership all the way up to Biden. Those are my two reasons. Congressman, when are you going to tell the people in your district that Germany 
punishment for our civilians. We could have both. We could have both, and we deserve to have both. They could be used to support people in the Bronx. Last Congress. Last Congress. Do something for the people of your district. Stop talking to the we love her too. Adriana, why are you sending all of my tax money to Ukraine? I am tired of you sending all of my tax money to Ukraine. You give $40 million to Ukraine, but you only give $20 million to New Yorkers. I hate this. You're sending all my money to Ukraine when I did not ask for that. The virus took away lots of lives and continues to loom over us. But did you know there could be another contender waiting in line, a dangerous contender known as the zombie fungus, a fungus that hacks the brain and could potentially turn one into a zombie? It might sound like a work of fiction, but in the kingdom of fungus, the organisms range from edible mushrooms to nightmare-fueled parasites. The species of parasitic cordyceps are very real and are capable of creating zombified ants and other small insects. People are questioning whether the fungus could make a leap from preying on small insects to infecting humans. The resulting fungi pandemic could lead to the collapse of societies. So let's see how the zombie fungus eliminates its victims. Cordyceps break the host insect's soft tissues and grows long stems outside the victim's body. Fungus essentially feeds on the brain of the victim. Spores enter the insect's body, which helps the fungus protect itself and reproduce. Questions of a probable zombie fungus, apocalypse rises from a famous Netflix series, The Last of Us, in which a fungus turns humans into zombies. seems more disturbing than the scariest horror film, tendrils of death erupting from people's heads and fungus spores giving birth to zombies as viewers hooked to the show. But now a reality check. Is a zombie fungi apocalypse possible? Doctors have proven that human body temperature is too high for most fungi to settle or even grow. Insects have a simpler nervous system than ours, which makes it easier to infect their brain. Although the zombie fungi cannot infect us right now, the Hospital for Tropical Diseases in London warns that we are unprepared for dealing with a fungal pandemic if and when the time comes. Climate change and the COVID pandemic is slowly changing our planet. It is slowly altering the environment and our bodies. So the question is, will the zombie fungus also mutate and evolve? The government is trying to prepare us for this. A zombie apocalypse. CDC says, well, that's not likely to happen, but just in case, the agency wants you to be prepared. They have a new ad campaign telling you to get ready for the emergency. It includes this poster advising you to get a kit, make a plan, and be prepared. CDC experts say you should prepare for zombies just like you would prepare for any real-life emergency. They want you to create an emergency kit with essentials like food and water, medications, important documents, and first aid. You can find the full zombie survival guide or advice for any other emergencies. It's up right now on the CDC website. As hilarious as really? that may seem, 
You know, 2020 and 2021 brought us things that we never expected. So why rule it out? You know, why not just prepare? Uh, the day the zombies, the day the zombies show up will be the day. Yeah, you won't see me. Right. Well, exactly. me either. <laughs> we won't be at work. We'll be with the zombies. So this is a safe and I'm gonna cut right to the chase. I'm gonna put my glasses on and read for you the article 42.10, uh, talking about basically lumber. Lumberyard materials, which is a solution for video game developers. It doesn't matter. What is interesting is that they say this basically service is not intended for use with life critical or safety critical systems such as in operation of medical equipment, automated transportation systems, etc. Now, that's where it gets interesting. However, this restriction will not apply in the event of the occurrence of a widespread viral infection transmitted via bites or contact with bodily fluids that causes human corpses to reanimate and seek to consume living human flesh, blood, brain or nerve tissue and is likely to result in the fall of organized civilization. The virus took away lots of blood. Getting word of this now. Regarding the COVID vaccine, the CDC is now saying that there has been enough cases of people who have had the vaccine, received the vaccine, and then suffered a stroke. The agency will now be investigating any potential links between the shots and strokes in some of those patients. And we are. How can you argue that racism? is not a driving factor in income inequality. Because it has nothing to do with race and everything to do with culture. And when you have a culture that doesn't... And when... And when it, you know what? Explain to me. You explain to me why black kids aren't graduating high school. You explain that one to me. Explain to me why black kids are shooting each other in rates significantly higher than whites are shooting each other. Explain to me why 13% of the population is responsible for 50% of the murder. Explain to me why the, why the number of blacks and black kids in prison, not for innocent reasons, not for walking down the street and getting pulled into a prison, is so high. Oh, explain, wow. if it has nothing to do with culture, explain to me why the single motherhood rate in the black community jumped from 20% to 70% oh, wow. in the Damn. same course of time that the civil rights movement has made such tremendous strides. Is America more racist now than it was in 1960? And if it is, please explain to me how that happened. Damn! Who are they going to fight a war against? Something oh, happened. Something happened to Robert Whitaker, the tactical supervisor for El Paso SRT for Homeland Security Investigation. Well, we have our, our big vehicle out here, it's an armored vehicle. Uh, it's an AMRAP vehicle. It's mine resistant, ambush protected is what it stands for. That's what we use to deliver our, our, um, our team to uh, high-risk warrant services. The affirmative task we have now is, uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order. Important breaking news out of Boston, a pair of bombings rocked the finish line at the historic Boston Marathon. It was never meant that we would have this gigantic uh, police force from the, from the federal government. I mean, we had martial law up there. FBI and all these agents coming in, closing things down, going to people's houses. Do we close down cities because there's 10 murders over the weekend in Chicago? We, we don't do that. Mm. Uh, but here we closed down a whole city, not even allowed to go to a baseball game. I mean, I, I think I think it's very, very scary when I look at some of those pictures. The military likes to perform war games, 
so that's why we're seeing military on the streets practicing. Uh, they are actually practicing. Um, the, the tanks that we see on the streets and the uh, National Guard patrolling neighborhoods and, and uh, the practices that they're doing with our local police department, this is all in preparation for martial law so that when they do actually lock down the country, they've got everything secured. But I think what we're starting to see, for anybody who is objective at all, is we're seeing a totalitarian system now unveil itself. And ever since essentially 9-11 happened, it's been more and more of these draconian measures that are leading us right down the road to martial law. Particularly to hear President Obama claim the power to keep people in prison indefinitely, with no charges against them, no conviction, no sentence, just imprisonment. It's particularly stunning to hear him make that claim in the middle of a speech that was all about the rule of law. This last week, the U.S. Congress passed a bill uh, which repeals a classic which means that they, we have now uh, institutionalized and codified uh, martial law. Right now, the, the battle against uh, terrorism involves all of us. Everybody in this country is a potential terrorist. We don't even understand freedom anymore. We are a country that is headed towards socialism, totalitarianism, beyond your wildest imagination. I have to tell you, I'm doing a story tonight that I... Good evening, everybody. President Obama and British Prime Minister Gordon today calling for a new world order to tackle our global economic crisis. It's been a long time coming. But tonight, because of what we did on this day, in this election, at this defining moment, change has come to America. All right, folks, there's a lot going on right now. Decisions being made that are unprecedented and will have an overreaching impact on what it means to live in the United States of America. Both the Senate and the House of Representatives have just overwhelmingly passed the National Defense Authorization Act. Squeezed into this military funding bill are two provisions that give the military not just lots and lots of money, but lots and lots of power as well. A new generation of surveillance drones could soon be watching us all. The Federal Aviation Administration is expected to announce plans to expand the use of domestic drones in American airspace. Well, get ready to look up at the sky and see drones hovering above. As of now, one-man aircraft could only be used by military airspace and by certain law enforcement agencies. But this week, Congress passed a bill that would allow for commercial and private use of the drones. I have two words for you. You will never see it coming. You think I'm joking? We're shopping and dining over Thanksgiving and maybe watching some football games. Big government Republicans and Democrats were busy shredding the last vestiges of the Constitution. Senators John McCain and Carl Levin want to declare, want to enact a law that would declare the entire United States of America a battlefield for the military. They're talking about inserting the army into domestic law enforcement. Senator Lindsey Graham, who supports this bill, says, quote, the homeland is part of the battlefield and people can be held without trial, whether an American citizen or not. The Department of Homeland Security buying ammunition, now looking to purchase another 21 million rounds of ammunition. This in addition, of course, to 
the 1.6 billion rounds that Homeland Security has bought in just the past 10 months. Now, to put all of this in perspective, the military used approximately 70 million rounds each year of the Iraq War. 70 million rounds in a war. If you look at what the Department of Homeland Security has been purchasing over the last year, uh, it comes out to like 1.6 billion rounds of ammunition, more than 7,000 fully automatic assault weapons, 2,700 MRAP type vehicles, and now drones. Those are instruments of war. Department of Homeland Security's Feel this, then you know what I'm talking about. 